Sorry, we're slap happy today. <laughs> Going from wangs to poop. Um... <laughs> White Chicks in China podcast, where a British and an American girl satisfy all your curiosity and questions about what it's like to live in China today. And now your hosts, Holly and Nora. Good day. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening to another episode of The Two White Chicks in China. Yeah, this is episode 125. Woo! <laughs> Before we get into it, I just want to say thank you to everyone who has left us a review. We really appreciate it because five-star reviews in particular help us get found in Apple Podcasts by other people who also want to find out about Chinese culture. Also, thank you again to everyone who supports us on Patreon. We're creeping up there very slowly. We've got a very meager goal, at which point we will start to create some additional content, like some freebies and stuff like that, videos and whatnot. Uh, so, Nara, do you have a fact for us about China? Yes, well, this episode is all about facts, so I wanted to stay away from something numbers-related, so I just kind of borrowed a book out of Holly's news stories and oh. found a news story that I thought was really interesting. So this comes from the South China Morning Post, and this news article is about how a grandfather took the wrong boy oh, home from I school. This. I saw this. Oh. And even got him an injection at the local medical clinic before realizing he was the wrong child. Um, so he's... <laughs> Here's a rundown. A grandfather in southwestern China picked up the wrong boy at his grandson's kindergarten and even took the child for an injection before his blunder was pointed out. The incident left kindergarten staff in a panic after the mother of the collected child, identified only by his first name Hong Yu, arrived at the preschool but failed to locate her six-year-old. It took four hours before a parent in a WeChat group identified the elderly man as his father and realized that he must have taken the wrong child home. The man was not familiar with his own grandson because he had just moved to the city from the outskirts, adding that he is also partially deaf, so <laughs> give him a little slack here. Maybe he shouldn't be in charge of a six-year-old, but <laughs> Hong Yu's name is very similar to that of his real grandchild, who is called Hong Rui. They also share similar <laughs> facial features, according to the report. How dare they? Chinese people do not all look the same. Um, the kindergarten's headmistress told a Guizhou television station that none of the staff noticed anything unusual when the elderly man picked up Hong Yu because the boy had called him grandfather. But if you know anything about Chinese, you'll know that it is not unusual for children to call elderly men grandpa as a form of respect. Right. <laughs> So that's probably not a good indicator that he's actually the grandfather. The parents of Hong Yu were alarmed to learn that the grandfather had taken him to the hospital for a cold injection. Hong Yu said in an interview with a Guizhou television station that he had been given an injection on his hip. The grandpa said I was having a cold, said Hong Yu. <laughs> Someone needs to teach these kids about going off with strangers. I mean, I'm not being funny, but I was taught this when you know when I was old enough to walk. You know, you don't go with strangers. Yeah, I mean, I mean, maybe no. he said something to the grandpa, and the grandpa didn't hear right, him because he was deaf. Yeah, but yeah, it's very odd that he would just go along with yeah, it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You would think he would be saying. <laughs> But who are you? Yeah, especially if you're taking the child to get an injection. I mean, for a lot of kids, that's pretty traumatic. 
So you'd think that he would be really shocked and worried with a stranger getting right. this injection, you know. It's... And he's not three or four, he's six, you just said. Right, he's think six years old. that's old enough to know that something's not right about the situation. Maybe he just, you know, has infinite respect for older people and <laughs> yeah, yeah, thought, I didn't, I didn't uh... want to offend him, I thought, I'd better go to the hospital and have this injection <laughs> and go with this strange man I've never met before. Well, I don't know, like, the kids in China, they're, like, hovered over by so many elderly people, I feel like, in the course of their lives. Usually, grandma and grandpa live with them, and then usually Mm -hmm. the other set of grandparents are there on a regular basis, and there are a lot of aunties and uncles, and all old people look the same, I feel like, maybe. Maybe. (laughs) Yeah, maybe. I just think this brings up so many red flags in so many areas. The fact that the kindergarten let this kid go home with... Not, you know, someone that's not related to him. Like, they must be used to this child being picked up every day by the same person. And then I was like, why didn't they question it? Even if he said, I'm his grandpa, you don't just believe some guy, do you? Apparently you do. Well, yeah, they said the incident was greeted with concern among WeChat users. Thank God it was just a false alarm. But it is too scary if that is a stranger with bad intentions. And then somebody else said, this is so weird, but this incident is difficult for the school to notice anything wrong as well. So the school has to be alert. But yeah, I guess they maybe just don't suspect, like, an elderly person to be a criminal. Anyway, I just thought this was... It's crazy. It's craziness. But thankfully, everything is righted. And actually, the grandfather offered to pay for a medical check for the for Hong Yu because he had get, gotten this injection by mistake. Which is a cold injection, no, so he's fine. Just a little boost of vitamins, I think. But um, Yeah, you got yeah. a freebie there. His parents don't have to pay for that now. I think grandma's going next time to pick up <laughs> Hong Ri. <laughs> yeah. So, from one crazy story to another, this is from sixthtone.com. The headline is Eastern Chinese City issues 20 new rules to civilize residents. Oh, yes. Uh, have you heard about this? <laughs> no, I haven't, but I'm excited. So um, this happened in Jiangsu province, and this actually, this idea of civilizing their residents actually started back in 2015 when the local government created these 20 etiquette guidelines in order to make the locals just behave a little bit better I guess this obviously this is according to the the government and then last year the central government said well it worked because they were given the national civilized city award (laughs) so some of the guidelines they're pretty they're pretty good these are just a couple of a selection for you um don't play with your phone at family reunions. Don't wear your slippers and pajamas in public. Man, the amount of people you see doing that is unreal. I love that though. I don't want that to change. Yeah, I, I, find I don't that's find like it a charming part about Chinese society. They'll just be walking down the street in bath slippers and matching pajamas yeah, yeah. and even with you know their hair up in curlers and and it's all like endearing because they're often wearing proper pajamas. Right, like with teddy bears on. I mean, yeah, adult or striped, people. yeah, striped pajamas yeah. like from cartoons and stuff mm-hmm. i yeah. like it <laughs> yeah i do too but this is this is actually to me this is quite amusing because in the uk there are lots of people who do this like women who will go to the supermarket in their pajamas or in their slippers and they have a really bad reputation uh. <laughs> so we definitely can't get away with it it's just let people in China do it. Let people off an elevator before you rush to get on. I oh. totally agree with this one. Uh, no spitting. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. please, Cle- please. Uh, clean up dog poop. Walk your dog on a lead. Those ones, I feel like, huh. should it's be done anyway. It's interesting, because I feel like walking your dog on a lead, okay, 
a lot of people don't do that mm-hmm. in Shenzhen, but I've they never don't. really had a problem with that. I obviously having a dog, I have. Cash uh, is a little different though, because Cash, you know, he's pretty friendly. Yeah. Like a lot of the dogs that I see that aren't on leads, they just run past you. They don't even yeah. s- stop to s- to give you like a sniff or mm-hmm. anything. They just they just seem to be, especially those little toy brown toy yeah. poodley things. Those ones. Are the, those yeah. ones just like seem to know where their owner is and always stay within a hundred meters of them. So they'll run ahead yeah. or they'll run behind, but they never seem to be bothersome. Mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, I I think if you were just a person, they're not re- usually bothered, but. When I have cash with me, I've had some situations where people have had their dogs off leads and the dogs are very aggressive. There have been fights, you know, not very pleasant. Mm. And I think if you have a dog that, you know, has aggressive tendencies towards other, like, big dogs, then I think if you see other people, you need to put the lead on. Fair enough if there's no one around, because I used to do that too. I used to have cash off the lead and let him, but he, you know... He started to go off on his own little adventures, and <laughs> so he has to stay on the lead for the most part. But I think as soon as you see another dog, just out of respect, I think, just put the lead back on. <laughs> Ran over. Uh, this one was actually removed, not to chew audibly, <laughs> but they actually oh. removed that one from the from the most recent list. Yeah, I also think that's just a part of their eating habit. How can you st- how can you stop that? How can you change that? Mm-hmm. I just think it must be very difficult. Um, I've gotten kind of used to it. Okay, the spitting thing, I don't really like it, but the munching, it's I do understand where it could be a display of just enjoyment of the food. Yeah. I've commented before uh, about how one of my friends was confused when I was eating, thinking that I didn't like the food because I was eating quietly. She's like, "Oh, you eat so quietly. You don't like it?" Because I wasn't like, that's just weird. <laughs> Slurping it. <laughs> I can't say I've gotten used to it. The noise um, really, really gets to me. But, you know, it's part of the culture and I'm not, you just have to get over it. Another one is not to drink too much wine, I guess, in public situations. This was a weird one. Don't hang up on calls with your senior, like with senior members of your family, I think. Or with elders. <laughs> oh. <laughs> this, I don't know if this is a common thing or not. Anyway, that then you can actually see the whole list. I will link to the Sixth Town article and within that article you can actually go to the Chinese site that this is taken from and see the whole list. You have seen in the border crossing station on the Chinese side pamphlets right. that are like how to behave when you go abroad yeah. and they seem so patronizing. And in Japan also they've been, the Japanese government has been criticized because mm-hmm. they've also been distributing these kind of leaflets to tell Chinese tourists how to behave in Japan. Yeah, in fact, recently it was another news article that a Chinese family were thrown out of a Japanese restaurant for being uncivilized, I suppose, Mm -hmm. let's say. It's amazing the cultural difference between China and Japan, actually. Yeah, Yeah, I feel like Japanese people tend to be ultra-sensitive to people around them and their environment and Chinese people seem to be very aloof about what kind of reception that their actions get from other people. Mm. So it's really a big culture clash today in Japan, especially because Japan is next to Korea is just the country that gets the most Chinese tourists. It's just flooded with Chinese tourists. It's a big disruption. Yeah, I've even seen some of these educational videos on, I think on the metro or something, where there's a couple and they're obviously traveling around and I think maybe the guy's phone goes off or something and they both go bright red and there's like loads of embarrassment and yeah there's it's like a series of those videos mm-hmm. yeah i see ones where it's like two kids playing a game on their phone right. and then one of the cartoon characters pops out of the game and is like oh, i haven't seen that one Shh. <laughs> yeah so they are trying to 
bombard like and actually there's slogans all over the city that say like be civilized right. like yeah. don't stand walk in on line. the grass <laughs> yeah don't walk on the grass <laughs> all this like mm. you know public service announcements yeah so as uh, nara alluded to at the top of the show this episode has a bit of a difference because instead of answering someone's question we've decided to give you some facts and statistics about China and uh, hopefully you, you may have heard some of these but even most of these were completely new to me and hopefully you'll be shocked and also a bit amused. This first one is that over 30 million people live in caves. So this is in Shanxi province and these caves are like dug into the sides of mountains and they're known as Yaodong. Many of them are just basic one bedroom caves. They don't have any plumbing and rent is approximately $30 a month. <laughs> Ooh, that sounds attractive to me. Yeah. It's so expensive in right. the city. And uh, a, a cave with three bedrooms and a bathroom <laughs> might sell for, might sell, actually sell for forty six thousand dollars wow yeah that's an expensive cave i must say (laughs) and there's actually so i will link to the original article that this came from and most people are actually they're very happy living there you know it's not a case of they're living there and they're in squalor it actually looks really nice some families it says in the article that i found have been passing down luxury caves for generations Right. And the majority of these caves are bigger, nicer, and quieter than Beijing's apartments. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Well, we, we I think we've kind of discussed a little bit about how people are living in Beijing and it's not the it's not the best, I don't think. Mm-hmm. And it looks like most of them have like plumbing and they're wired up so they have mm-hmm. refrigerators and TV and it's basically a house. Yeah. It's just to put it into perspective, so you said more than 30 million people mm. are living in caves, right? So that's the equivalent to the entire population of Australia and New Zealand. Correct. (laughs) Wow. That's crazy. I live in caves. (laughs) Awesome. So good. Speaking of daily life in China, I found a statistic about step counts. Oh. Yeah, because I was wondering, you know, I'll bet China, because I feel like here I do a lot of walking, way more than I do in the U.S. And so I wanted to kind of do a comparison mm. to see how many yeah, steps cool. so yeah so according to the cbsnews.com and actually we'll put all the links to these facts in the show notes as well hong kong takes home the prize for step counts with the average resident clocking 6880 steps a day and then china's next so it's hong kong's first and then china so i'm not surprised at all and then u.s is at like 30 <laughs> <How do you? laughs> Yeah, I do think that a lot of people get out and are walking everywhere. Yeah. And that's average. That's children and the elderly. I think in the U.S. you have a more extreme difference. You have people who are hyperactive, and then you have people who are completely sedentary. But in China, I feel like the average is more... There's more people closer to the average. I think in the U.S., if you have, like, an office job, you get in your car, you drive to the office, you do your work, you go home, like, in your car, and you, like, that's it, right? Yeah, and you grumble about if you have to... (laughs) park a little bit farther away from the office like if you don't get a spot that's right in front of the office like i have to walk through the parking lot you know it's a big deal yeah whereas i feel like people here they have to commute and people 
who work an office job probably cannot afford a car or don't want a car in this city like it's you know the transport here is really good the metro and the bus you can travel around the city really quite smoothly and uh, you have to walk from your place to the metro or whatever yeah. so I guess people are just getting in more steps which leads me to my next fact since it's tied into mm. transportation is you know I gotta mention something about these ride sharing bikes <laughs> so I was curious obviously yeah so I was curious <laughs> to figure out how many of these bikes are out there first of all I didn't know this I knew that there were at least a dozen of these bike companies but actually there are around 60 bike sharing really? companies in China yes yeah, 60 wow. which is pretty nuts and I didn't find the statistic for how many ride sharing bikes in the whole country I couldn't find any information about that but just to give you an idea so Ofo has the most bikes and they have 10 million that's the yellow bike. The right? yellow ones, yeah. Which I didn't know. Did you know the OFO? Like it's spelled O F O. Do you know why it's called that? No, I don't think so. Because it looks like a bike. Like the word looks like a bike. When you see it, you'll know. Oh, two wheels. Yeah, it's like yeah. two wheels and then like little and the handlebars. handlebars. Yeah, that <laughs> makes sense. Very cute. Yeah. Yeah. And then Mobike <laughs> follows with nine million <laughs> bikes. Yeah, but according to Beijing's Transport Commission, bicycles accounted for 63% of all journeys in the 80s, but only 18% in 2014. So there's definitely been a steep decrease, but 63%, this really used to be a biking country. Yeah, well, um, I didn't know a whole lot about China. Really grown up, I never, didn't. I didn't have any lessons at school. But I did watch Michael Palin did a TV show back in the 80s and he went around the world. Michael Palin is um, from Monty Python, by the way. Anyway, he did a show and I learned about China from his show, really. And there were so many people on bikes, like everyone was on bikes. Yeah, when you see pictures of any major city, really, pre-1980, you just see the streets clustered with bikes. In Shenzhen, well, okay, in Chengdu, for example, there was just, everybody had an e-bike, I feel like. Just, Mm. I had one, everybody had one. But here it's illegal to have an e-bike, technically. Yeah, because otherwise the streets would just be so congested. They just don't have the infrastructure for it. And actually, they didn't really have the infrastructure there. It was a big mess. But yeah, you imagine these streets of Shanghai and Beijing and with all these bikes going. But not so much anymore. Now it's flooded with Audis and Mm. Beamers. (laughs) Back to, since you said infrastructure, that kind of helps me come back to my next fact, which is in the last decade, China built enough houses to fill Japan. Oh. Yeah. And at the current, furthermore, at the current rates of construction, China can build a city the size of Rome in only two weeks. Oh my. <laughs> They're really fast. Yeah. Yeah. There was, I've actually, on this, I found a lot of other pieces of snippets of information that was things like they'd built, a skyscraper had gone up in 19 days or something. And there was another one that years back they'd planned this tall, like the tallest building, but now it's a pond. <laughs> Oh, I, I didn't actually read like read what had happened, but they'd planned this really awesome building. But I guess they put the foundations on and then just flooded it or something because it didn't work out. Oh. <laughs> and it's just a massive pond. Oh dear. Yeah. I wish I knew how many skyscrapers. Yeah, that were in all of fact. China. I also it was harder to to dig up facts than I thought. Like yes. this. Yeah. I, I have something about a mall. This is amazing. I think I think this is my favorite fact. There's a, a mall in Dongguan, which is the biggest mall in the world. It has space for 2,350 stars. 2,000? Yeah, it's 5 million square meters, which, that sounds massive, 
to me, but I was like, what does that mean? So it's one and a half times the size of Central Park, which is three and a half million square meters. Whoa. But here's a catch. 99% of this mall is empty. Oh. Yeah. Dongguan, like near us, right? Right. We should fill people in about Dongguan. It's a factory town. It's not really Shenzhen. It's just factories and it's very cheap to live there. So I can't imagine this mall being very successful, which, which it really hasn't. It actually has a replica of the Arc de Triomphe, a, oh, no. a giant Egyptian sphinx, fountains and canals with gondolas and it also has its own roller coaster we should go there holly i totally want to to be honest let's do it when i read we'll this i was it. like this has to be somewhere we we should go well we're gonna do this yeah. we're gonna film it cool <laughs> i've yeah. heard the mayor of right. dongguan because dongguan used to have a really bad reputation because a lot of <laughs> there was just a lot of um mistresses let's say i think that's putting it very gently <laughs> out there <laughs> second families and ladies of the night um but now there's been a crackdown and mm. the mayor has been gung-ho on changing its reputation and making it into this amazing place to live so i don't know if mm. this is before or after i'm not sure when this mall went up but this is the I'm first that sure. i'm hearing of it and yeah, it's so nearby i'm surprised we haven't heard about it before yeah well it may not be there now we should check I mean, in China, they knock places down really quickly, don't they? they? Do. As we know, with that mall that's in our neck of the woods, it's only been there for a few years, and now they're talking about taking the whole lot down. They're not built to last here because they don't have any security that it's going to be there forever. So mm. a lot of things are just built as cheaply as possible, as quickly as possible, because they have no guarantee that they're going to even have the next couple of years of business. There's no point in investing properly in a lot of building materials. Fortunately, in a place like Shenzhen, they're very strict about building regulations. So I think we're pretty good here. Fingers crossed. Yeah. <laughs> so speaking of things that Chinese people build um, you've been to the Three Gorges Dam right? Mm -hmm. Yeah did you know that it's so huge first of all the area is the same size as the kingdom of Bahrain Oh, really? Yeah. It's so huge that it actually slows down the rotation of the Earth. Oh, yeah, I saw this. Yeah, I read that. Isn't That's, that crazy? It's very cool. Yeah, really, it is crazy, and but awesome at the same time. Yeah, and I was looking like, how? How does it do this? And it was explained in the article like this. You know, when divers jump off a diving board and dive into the pool, mm -hmm. they tuck their bodies right, into right. a ball beforehand to increase the velocity. Sure. So, by the same principle, things that are more tightly packed together mm -hmm. can spin faster. But if you take this massive amount of water that usually would be sitting on the Earth's surface mm -hmm. in one position and just raise it up, right. it's basically like increasing the width <laughs> of the Earth enough to slow down it's crazy. the rotation of the Earth. That's mental. I mean, it's microscopic, so it's uh, 0.06 microseconds per day. But still, it's something That's that like a human did insane. to actually slow yeah. the Earth. Yeah, instead of it being like Superman holding the Earth still or something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know why my mind went bad. <laughs> From constructing to cutting down things, 20 million trees are cut down every year to make chopsticks. 20 million. Yeah, um, as many as 80 billion pairs of disposable chopsticks are produced in China every year. I, I did find different varied statistics on this, but for the most part, I found these two numbers. It's still a crazy amount. <laughs> they have a huge problem with this kind of fast food 
to go. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, especially now in Shenzhen, it's so cheap and easy to get food delivered to you. I mean, it's apart from when you order dumplings. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. I wanted my egg. They didn't give it to me. <laughs> anyway, so more and more people are ordering in for lunch at work than before, and so every time that they order food, they have styrofoam. It's a lot of trash. So it's styrofoam. Usually, there's like a soup that comes with it, so it's got its own plastic container. Then there's a packet with the spoon and the chopsticks and napkin and a toothpick. Yeah. yeah, and then there's usually bags upon bags. So usually the soup is in its own plastic bag, and then everything else is in another plastic. Bag and then sometimes we're even plastic bag together. Yeah, so you could have two or three plastic bags for one meal. Yeah, and so many people do this mm-hmm. now. And so after lunch, our trash cans are just full, full of just waste, just total waste. Yeah, and people don't like back home. I remember when we would get Chinese takeaway, my mom would keep all the like the plastic containers and just recycle them and use them, you know, for leftovers and chuck the stuff in the fridge or in the freezer or whatever. But people don't do that here, so it just gets thrown away. Mm-hmm. Yikes. So 20 Cheers. million trees just for chopsticks. It's nuts because I feel like most people have a pair of chopsticks at their disposal. I always have a pair on my desk. Yeah, me too. Reusable ones, and I think most people do here too. Fortunately, they do have now like a little green, like you can select an option when you order food to have them not deliver the silverware Mm -hmm. to you although it's still going to come with tons of plastic it's at least a little bit but half of the companies don't even pay attention to that box because I always check it because I always have the stuff with me and then I still usually end up getting it yeah this idea people are trying to live without using containers there's a word for it isn't there like people in the US and in the UK it's like a trend thing you you Mm -hmm. take all your own bags and boxes and containers to the supermarket so you don't get all the extra packaging I've thought about that too because I also get really sad at night when I throw my trash out I'm like look at all this waste Mm -hmm. because they just package so much in plastic and it's but it's hard because you go let's say you go to buy meat and you bring your own container they're not gonna Mm -hmm. they're gonna think something's fishy about that first of all I guess you'd need to weigh the container and lid before they weigh the meat and then weigh it inside of it again but then they're gonna put it in a bag for you regardless and then when you get to the checkout there's gonna be a problem they're gonna be like what is this yeah yeah so it's just not actually feasible, really, mm-hmm. at this moment to do that here yeah. in China. Even when I take my own, usually take my own bag, like I keep it in my handbag all the time if I want to get groceries on the way home from work. And I stop off at my, my little truck, my veg, fruit and veg truck. And I always have the bag with me, but she always, or he, they always tend to put something in a small bag. I'm like, no, I've got the big bag. Just put everything together. It doesn't matter. Like, yeah. okay, it's like the the avocado's loose in the bottom of the bag. Oh my god. Yeah. It's fine. Seriously. I'm like, just put the. I just go- live down the street. <laughs> exactly. Like that's a good point with like the avocado or like a le- you know you go to buy a lemon and I'm like you know they have to weigh it and then they put the sticker on. It. I'm like just put the sticker on the lemon. It's yeah, fine. You don't need to put it in a bag and then put the sticker yeah, on the yeah. bag. Just put it directly. But they'll always put yeah. it one lemon in a whole bag and then the sticker on the outside. And if you have like a lemon, sometimes they'll package them together. 
and put like two stickers on one bag, but usually they don't. Mm. They'll just package everything separately. But they, are they probably in these like in a supermarket or a store? They probably have certain procedures that they're meant to follow, and it's often the case that people here will just follow the crowd if they're told to do something. They'll just do it that way. There isn't much leeway for thinking out of the box. I think for a lot of people. So mm-hmm. even if you were to say no, it's fine. I don't need that bag. Just. You could put the sticker on my hand or on the lemon, but it's just like, oh, no, 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 I have to put I have to put it in a bag. Well, fortunately here, they charge you for plastic bags at most stores. They should. Yeah, for the, like the bigger plastic, not the, the ones that they put the fruit in, right. like the smaller bags, but the big ones, the shopping bags that you get at the checkout. So that's really fortunate because I think it saves a lot of plastic from people who wouldn't think necessarily. A lot of these like grannies, mm-hmm. you know, they're really good at fiscal discipline and like they pay attention to every little quai that they yeah. spend. They would bring their bag just to save the money that it costs. Being environmentally friendly is maybe not on their It's register. accidental. <laughs> yeah, but, they, but they'll do it to yeah. save the money. So fortunately, that's in place. So that I'm sure that's a huge help because it would be just mental if those bags were free. Ooh, can I jump in there? Because talking of money, 100 million people in China live on less than a dollar a day. I feel like we touched very briefly on, on this in a previous episode because you were saying we were talking about food and meals and you said you knew someone who's I don't know who, his wife who, who, his yeah. wife right I have a Could friend spend, Canadian friend right. who's yeah she spends I think seven her daily budget is seven yuan a day which is about a dollar right so it's doable I'm not exactly sure how but it's I'm not sure if it's doable in Shenzhen anymore right now yeah um I've been really careful about my purchases lately getting ready for summer and mm. stuff and I've realized just how much products have gone up and the, yeah. I think it would be even even for the lower income level families yeah. it would be very difficult to survive off of 7 yuan a day in yeah. Shenzhen yeah. I think we're talking the majority of these people if not all of them are going to be in the countryside I guess that's amazing to, mm-hmm. to imagine that. Yeah. Wow. I wonder what they spend it on. Speaking of food, um, I have a few um, food ones. Cool. Do you know that cheesy pickup line that goes, how much does a polar bear weigh? No. <laughs> but go on. <laughs> Enough to break the ice. I'm Nora. Oh, wow. Yeah, this oh. one? Okay. <laughs> so, all right. So, how much does a polar bear actually weigh? So, a polar bear... <laughs> Weighs an average of 990 pounds. Okay, that's massive. So if you can imagine somebody, a person who weighs like 300 pounds, and then imagine a person who weighs like 500 pounds, and then imagine this polar bear who wears, weighs 990 pounds. Holly's like, what does this... How yeah, is this related um, to food? Um, <laughs> I'm just, I've just got polar bears on the mind now. Like, I'm just seeing polar bears. Keep them in the mind. All right. So imagine how massive. Okay, this is a male polar bear, by the way, because right. apparently male polar bears are quite a bit larger than females. Makes sense. So <laughs> you can just imagine this massive beast, right? Yeah. Okay. Now imagine 24 of these beasts. Right. All right. Like standing in front of 24 yeah. of these massive. All right. I can see. All right. Now imagine 824 of these <laughs> massive beasts. All right. Now, imagine 194,824. They don't doesn't fit in my imagination. It's just gone wild. Okay. It's like a where's Wally. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's a lot of polar bears. And that is the equivalent weight to how much eggplant is consumed in China <laughs> per day. <laughs> what? 
eggplants worth of polar bears. So that's 87,671 million metric tons per day of eggplant. It's not that good. <laughs> I love eggplant here. I, so I, I, I do too, but wow. Yeah. All right, that's a fact. Yeah. That's... It's pretty, yeah. That's impressive. Wow. Mm-hmm. For one year, <laughs> it's 32 million metric tons. So it's... It, there's a lot of eggplant consumed here. There is, but like... I mean, I'm thinking... When you're talking about eggplant or aubergine for the Brits out there, I'm thinking of like barbecue, you know, smothered in garlic and that. I know there are other dishes you can get like in fast food restaurants. They often offer, offer the eggplant as an option with usually like ground pork or something, isn't it? Mm-hmm. But I have I I can't say that when I go to a restaurant there's off there's that many eggplant dishes available. But I'm gonna keep my eye out now because wow, a lot of eggplant. <laughs> <laughs> Who knew? Uh, oh well, well, I'm gonna jump in with another food one then. Half of the world's pigs live in China. <laughs> <laughs> oh my, oh my. Yeah, this is um, and this is actually quite a popular fact about China. Like, it sounds unbelievable, but there are lots of sources for this information. Wow. Um, and the average person in China consumes about 86 pounds of pork annually, which actually doesn't sound like that much. It sounds gross, like, to think of yeah, it on an annual basis, 86 pounds. It's like eating a human. Yeah. But, I mean... It's not a lot, really. No, it seems... Yeah. You could eat a human. I could, I mean, I feel like I could eat a human. <laughs> Shut up. Uh, that's a pig that's like a big pig like one pig each like if it was a big one one of those black pigs I'm still reeling over that yeah it's a lot isn't it because you think about like a lot yeah exactly like (laughs) a lot of countries eat pork wow yeah where are they (laughs) good point oh going along with that did you know that all of the pandas in the world belong to China (laughs) yeah So if you see a panda in another country, it means it has been lent from the PRC. Um, So when any panda baby is born, it is sent to China, always by FedEx, by the way, to expand the gene gene pool. Did you see this little little panda baby? in a box. In a box? In a FedEx box? (laughs) Oh my god. No, that's just wrong. Yeah. I didn't know that. I didn't know that they all belong to China. I've got an animal-related fact. The Chinese army allegedly has 10,000 pigeons tasked with special military missions. (laughs) Dive bombing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, So in past wars all over the world, pigeons have been used to pass on messages. No, No one really knows what they're for, but it's alleged that they'll be there if something happens to carry messages backwards and forwards. Okay. But they've got them there. <laughs> on retainer or something, I think. <laughs> Secure messaging. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cannot be tapped. <laughs> right, right. Unless you shoot one down, I suppose. Oh, that reminds me of those geese that were on the police force we talked about in a previous episode. Yeah. Those honking security geese. <laughs> oh, it's awesome. Oh, can I get one in about security? Yeah. This is a weird, this is so weird. This is not really about security. Based on a conversation that allegedly happened between Chairman Mao and uh, Henry Kissinger, who was Richard Nixon's security advisor, uh, Mao offered Henry Kissinger, well, not really Henry Kissinger, but the USA, 10 million women <laughs> to oh. boost population. 
And oh. it, this, I, I read this article. It was actually really interesting. This Thank was back. You. This was back in uh, uh, 1973, and it was kind of like a joke. Like I think Mao was like deadly serious. Like here, I, I'm gonna. I really want to get rid of the of 10 million women because they're kind of in the way. I'm gonna give them to you. And Henry Kissinger thought kind of thought it was a joke. Like, was, yeah, he, he joked like, oh yeah, I'll bring it up next time. But I think Mao was like deadly serious about it. <laughs> if that picture interests the uh, the whole article is just weird. It's so weird. Yeah. Only two of them are spies. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's like the Trojan horse. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> They're like all impregnated, like when they come over the border, and then just like oh. the U.S. population is half Chinese. Ten million though. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Wow. Yeah. And these women just. They have no choice in the matter. Uh, sure. I guess so. Yeah. It's for the party. They gotta go. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Well, uh, actually, I didn't write this one down, but I, I've just been reminded. They reckon there's between thirteen forty million men more than women in China. Right. That's it. That's it. Got a major surplus <laughs> anyway. over here. Yeah. So there's so that doesn't even make any sense. But, but that was <laughs> during Mao's. Yeah. Yeah, because I think a lot of the female and. This is happened, happened yeah, yeah, in the 80s yeah. and 90s. So speaking of China's national commodities, um, <laughs> they're women. <laughs> no, uh, I want to talk about rare earths. So I wasn't exactly sure what it is, but here's a more concrete definition for what a rare earth is. So they're a group of elements on the periodic table with similar properties. Um, rare earth metals are used to manufacture everything from electric or hybrid vehicles, wind turbines, consumer electronics, and other clean energy technologies. Elements are also important to national governments because they are used in the defense industry. All right, so here's your statistic. So China accounts for over 95% of the world's production of rare earths. Therefore, having control of these elements puts China at a powerful position. Mm. 95%. So it's no wonder why they're rapidly developing their green energy. Yeah, they have yeah. direct access to a lot of the materials that go into these yeah. products. And they do put a lot... I, I also read of this, like, stuff that they are... China does put a lot of money into, like, renewable energy sources and stuff. Definitely. And they have a lot of rules that dictate how much can get exported of this stuff. So right. they are they they realize that it's something that other nations want, and yeah. so they're trying to maintain that monopoly. I think smart. That's a weird one. Yeah. Speaking of smart, so there are <laughs> seven hundred million smartphone users in China. Seven hundred million. Yeah. Compared to two hundred and eighty-five million in the U.S. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's like half. So actually in the US the like the saturation is higher because there's 285 million and the population of the US is like 325 something like that nowadays. Uh. Yeah. So the percentage in the US is higher, right. but there's way more actual smartphones. Yeah. So this is a, a silly one. One in every 3 socks that you have came from Datang in Juji. <laughs> Known as Sock City. <laughs> oh, awesome. Yeah. Is there a way to know which of my socks no, come from Datong? I have no idea. No, though, I, I actually, I didn't have time to read the whole article that this came from. I just thought, this is bizarre. It's an <laughs> odd one, isn't it? Wow. Huh. Speaking of feet. Oh, yeah. And, and fungus. Uh, okay. Not so, my favorite thing. 60% <laughs> of the world's mushroom varieties come from China. 
They do love their mushrooms. They've got such a variety here. But, it's but, amazing. But they don't call them mushrooms. Like if you ask, if you ask, does this dish have mushrooms in? They'll say no, and the dish will come with mushrooms. And then we say, this is a mushroom. They say that's not a mushroom. That's a something else. That's basically a mushroom. But they have work because they've got so many. They have different words for them, and it's not mushroom. <laughs> Holly is particularly sensitive on this issue as she is not a fan of these fungi friends. Yeah. <laughs> They're not fun guys. No. no. Yeah. So in China there are three main surnames and one of them is one of them is Wang. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. We're really mature on this show. Um and there are actually Did you say Wang? Wang. 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 There are, there are 93, 93 million wangs in China. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> well, sorry, we're slap happy today. <laughs> Going from wangs to poop. Um, <laughs> okay. So 120 million pounds of poop are made in this country per day. <laughs> <laughs> from scratch. From scratch. <laughs> <laughs> I calculated that myself, by the way. Based You're on, welcome. Based on what? Average amount of poop <laughs> per day that a human... Um, I'm sorry, I just can't even control myself. So that you, a human, from, the, from a human... Yeah, so I took the population and then I multiplied right. by the average amount of poop that a, a person creates in a day. <laughs> so, shall we... Uh, yeah. And with the Chinese word of the day? Yeah. All right. So the word of the day is a word for statistics. Mm. So that is Tongji. Tongji. Great. So I will link to the word for statistics in our show notes, which will be at writtenchinese.com slash episode 125, as well as all the resources that we used for this episode. And there are plenty and a lot, I think a lot of these articles are really worth a read. If you would like to leave us a question, because usually we answer questions sent to us by our listeners, you can go to writtenchinese.com slash voicemail, and you can ask us anything you like about life in China, and we'll try and answer it for you. That's right. And if you have any amazing facts about China, mm. statistics especially, please drop them in the show notes on the website because we'd love to add more. Maybe we missed some. I'm sure there's other ones out there that are really impressive. So let mm-hmm. us know what you know. We want to share it with the rest of our audience. And we're also curious. We always like to learn new things about this country. Definitely. And you can also drop us a message or just say hi on our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash two white chicks, and the two is T-W-O. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye.